Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Oh, hi. I didn't see you there. Well, while you're here, today's show is brought to you by the extremely kind donations by our Such donors over intro. at Patreon. Andrew, why don't you tell us about Patreon? Oh my god, Patreon is a place that you can go where if you want to donate to us and uh, help us keep the show running. Um, you also get extra perks for doing so. Um, you know, we do after parties for uh, most episodes. We do um, commentaries on uh, particularly uh, interesting pieces that we'd like to have longer format on. Um, and all that is uh, available for our patrons. They're wonderful. Um, our current patrons are Stephanie L., Terry Needleman, Max Lunick, Benjamin Lair, Lily Ackles, Mackenzie Horner, John Donna, Taryn the Duck, hashtag confirmed actual duck, Melissa Goldman, hashtag confirmed actual Goldman, Jess Lightning, Ewan Casty, Haley McDonald, Tescure, Callum McLeod, Fire September, Sam Bergman, Mina Miniri, Monica Thoreau, Brent Black, Haley Murray, and Alice in Wonderland. Um, these people give us a little extra financial support that helps us keep the lights on here at Musicals with Cheese. If you'd like to join them in supporting us and get tons of fun perks, such as patron-only commentaries, our episodes a day early, and even earlier, come join us over at Patreon. Andrew, is there anything else we should say before we get to the show? I'd just like to really thank all of our patrons for the uh, excellent support that they've given us. We love you so much, and hopefully we'll have something for you by the holidays. Holidays! All right, let's get right on to the show. Hello, I'm Jesse McAnally. And I'm Andrew DeWolf. And welcome to Musicals with Cheese, a podcast where I try to get Andrew to like musical theater. How are you doing today, Andrew? Ah, humbug. Oh, oh no. A Christmas, a humbug? How could you say such a thing? Bah, humbug! Andrew, Andrew, I'm about to make the switch. It's Christmas. Oh. I turned oh the Christmas go- switch. Oh my gosh, it's oh Christmas now. We're oh, in Christmas, Christmas world. We're it's Christmas, Christmas all around. Ah, oh, Christmas! My- <laughs> Jason Alexander's here and he's harassing ah! me with chains. <laughs> Get him away! <laughs> I hope this isn't anyone's first episode, because that's a that's a real traumatic intro. Oh my goodness, the Christmas switch is on, and it's over. As soon as the Christmas comes out, like, the knives are out. Um, either way, in case you hadn't noticed by that very, very subtle and understated intro we did, subtle. um, we're talking about A Christmas Carol, the musical. Christmas Carol the Musical is a 2004 American television film based on the 1994 musical that was based on the 1843 novella of the same name by Charles Dickens. Um, the film was produced by Hallmark Entertainment um, and it currently distributed by NBC Universal Television Distribution. It was directed by Arthur Allen Seidelman and written by um, Aarons and Alan Menken. 
Um, the stars are Kelsey Grammer, Jesse L. Martin, Jane Krakowski, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Geraldine Chaplin, and Jason Alexander. The film first premiered on November 28, 2004 on the NBC television network. Um, it had music by Alan Menken and lyrics by Lynn Ahrens. Andrew, what do you think about this musical? And we're talking mostly about the 2004 TV film, but we'll bring up bits about the actual musical. Back to it. Andrew, what did you think of this musical? I mean, I just think it's about time we're talking about a real Hallmark uh, TV special on, <laughs> on our show here. I mean, yes. Um, and funny <laughs> you should say that, because I think this is my favorite version of A Christmas Carol. Um, I think it's up there for me, actually. It's I, pretty I, great, right? I Shockingly really good. I enjoy it. Uh, and there's a lot of different stuff that you don't see most... Because, I mean, let's be honest here. Uh, Christmas Carol adaptations are so dime a dozen and ridiculous, and they're all exactly the same, no matter who is doing it. Whether it's a Seinfeld Christmas Carol, or the Peanuts Christmas Carol, like, they're all exactly the same. Or the you know? Musicals with Cheese Christmas Carol, which Musicals might be one cheese. of my favorite things that we've ever done. Literally everyone in every property, including us, has a version of the Christmas <laughs> Carol, and they're all exactly the same. So it's about time... Someone adds music. <laughs> I mean, this isn't the first musical musical version of it. I mean, you have like a Muppets Christmas Carol, which has songs, and Scrooge, which also has songs, which might be foreshadowing for a future episode. Just, just shut, shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this one does it best. I think this one does it very well, yes. And mostly the reason why I think it does it best is because the cast is really stellar, and every one of them except one is bringing their A-est of A-games. Um, on the second hand, it is focusing on some emotional things that has never been really the focus of any other adaptation. They've wanted to focus in other places. And it makes the right changes to the story. I, I tend to agree. And I, I think what makes the TV special, even though it feels kind of cheap in a lot of places, what makes it so fun to watch, though, is it's... It's ridiculously cheesy. Like, this is one of the cheesiest things we've, we've done. Everyone's trying super hard to entertain you, you know? They're, they're really giving it their all. And that's for, great. Except for one. Except, except for one. Um, Andrew, I know you probably don't think it needs to be done, but tell the audience, on the off chance they don't know it, what the story of A Christmas Carol is. Okay, well, in case you've been living under a rock since 1843 or whatever the hell this was written, um... Uh, Scrooge is a big meanie who hates Crimbus, um, mm -hmm. and he is, uh, running a business, and his, uh, his underling, Pratchett, is, uh, a, a, a poor man with a sick child named Tiny Tim. T Timmy, Tiny Tim. <laughs> and, yeah. and, uh, Scrooge doesn't want to let Pratchett have a raise, and he hates Christmas, and stuff like that. Uh, and then he's visited by... Four ghosts, the ghost of his <laughs> former par partner, and then the three ghosts of Christmas, past, present, and future, who show him a bunch of shit about how he's a big meanie and that he should like Christmas or else everyone's going to hate him. Um, and then at the end, he gives Cratchit his raise and he makes Tiny Tim big. <laughs> and now he's Big Tim. <laughs> in the end, that's, that's the Christmas Carol in a nutshell. I mean, you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, but I think we got to talk about the elephant in the room that we've kind of avoided talking about. Um, Who's everyone that? is br bringing their A game except for our lead actor of Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> I think it makes the movie though. I think it, it improves the movie. 
<laughs> really? <laughs> no, Kelsey Grammer, he doesn't give a shit. He's and Scrooge doesn't give a shit. So he it's almost like this meta thing where <laughs> Scrooge is playing himself. Like this guy who doesn't give a shit about this movie is playing a character who doesn't give a shit about Christmas. So it's like <laughs> you posited that everyone on the set just actually had contempt for him. <laughs> and then at the end, uh, Scrooge learns his lesson, but uh, Kelsey, Kelsey Grammer doesn't learn anything. <laughs> and Kelsey Grammer is notorious for sometimes phoning shit in. He was a production of Sweeney Todd he was in, and he literally re- didn't memorize any lines, didn't show up to any rehearsals, then shows up and demands that TVs be placed off on, in the set, off stage, and all that, so he can look at the lines whenever he forgets them. <laughs> who was he? Uh, who was he playing in that production? Just a minor was, character, probably. He was playing Sweeney Todd. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great, man. This guy's a paid actor. He is paid to He's do this. He's Fraser Crane. He was like the highest paid like TV star ever for a period. Unbelievable! Absolutely unbelievable. Um, and in this whole this whole movie. Um, he is, uh, just scowling the whole time. He literally, he has a big frown, uh, and he, and he has his eyes, like, glazed over, and he, and he, that's it. That's all he does. Even when he becomes good Scrooge, he still just does that. He just, he just says, oh, just kidding, I'm not actually mad. And he stands up straight. That's the only difference between mean Scrooge and nice Scrooge, is he stands up straight and he He opens his eyes. He stands up straight, and he still is frowning, but then he just tells people, Oh, I'm just pretending to be not happy. I'm just kidding. Take <laughs> I'm the just money. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about the underrated all-star in this movie? Um, I'm not sure which one you mean, but yes. There's so many, but I'm specifically talking about Jason Alexander, who steals the uh. show by having like one and a half scenes. He only has one scene. I mean, he has one scene in a song, and that's that's it. That's all he gets. Um, but he he is he the star. A, <laughs> honestly, like he shows up, and not, for one, he takes this role, which other people have just played as like malignant, mean, like I warn you of much. I mankind should have been my business. And the first thing that his version of Marley does is hug Scrooge, because that's his best bud. It's like, I've missed you a lot, and Scrooge is like, ah, and then he's like, oh, you don't remember me, you don't love me. He plays Marley very sympathetic, which is not like anyone else, and he cheeses up his one song, Link by Link, just the right amount. He still is very dark and scary in it, but he's also fun to watch. He's not doing the gargoyles from Hunchback of Notre Dame. All of the uh, ghosts do a great job. All of them. Yes, I agree. Jane Krakowski <laughs> is absolutely fantastic as a ghost of Christmas past. She plays it very... She basically does a pole dance, which is some weird staging, but I it works in that Peter Pan way. And Jesse L. Martin is just the most charming man alive, and I wish he was in more things. He He's he's really good. Uh, mm-hmm. And the, the ghost of Christmas future is, like, in it for five seconds, but she's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and they do something like usually we have like this grim reaper looking guy and here she's just kind of like uh, a dr Sooge splooge creature i i don't know what you mean by dr splooge creature dr Sue splooge creature oh i suppose yeah she has like a weird costume going on yeah and you also posited they did something here that no other version has done which i found interesting they 
The Wizard of Oz did. Um, you see I love them. It. You love it. Uh, then why don't you explain how what they did to the to the okay. wonderful people at home? So, uh, well, he has a Scrooge has a song, the the street song, and in that scene, yeah. he meets all these people. He meets uh, a, and and three of the people he meets are the ghost of Christmas, past, present, and uh, future. We don't know just, that yet. We don't, we don't know, know that yet. yet. They're just people. I mean, it's pretty heavily implied that they are. I would say. Have you forgotten how to smile, sir? Smile? That what? Children should earn their wages by more than a song? Come and buy a ticket to the show. Only fools waste their time and money on frivolity. Now move aside, sir. Life will pass you by in just a while, sir. And it may be lighter than you know. Help a working person reach the light, sir. A woman's not fit for the job. Me husband's ill, you'll likely get the sack. Then it's the workhouse for you both, isn't it? Or take the time for doing right, sir. Good evening. You'll be sorry, sir, when you look back. Spare a coin for someone who is blind, sir. Devil take you, old woman, I have nothing for you. None so blind as those who will not see. Release my arm. Let go of me! Go your sorry way and never mind, sir. Come the future, you'll remember. Yeah, so so it's pretty obvious that that's what they're doing, but I don't think they do that in any other version where where uh, Scrooge sees them beforehand. And what I love about it is that I've always had this thing with Christmas Carol stuff. Where I don't like it if the ghosts are real. I like it when it's in the Scrooge's head. Because everyone's seen Inception, right? You can't change someone else's mind. You can only make them change their own mind. And a bunch of ghosts showing up to some guy's house in one night and just harassing him and saying, change your mind about Christmas, change your mind about Christmas, that's not going to change his mind. But him imagining this and having this dream where this happens and he changes his own mind on it, it's a much better story, I think. So do you think that Bob Cratchit, Fred, and the three fake ghosts got together, got the briefcases, and decided we're going to do an Inception on Scrooge? That would be such a great, like, sequel to this. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta go deeper, we're going into his present. Dude, that's... That's, like, actually a great idea. Like, uh, Inception Christmas Care. <laughs> I mean, you you pitched it and I'm sold now. Like you I'm have the in. three actors. I'm all in. Justin Gordon Levitt <laughs> and Leo DiCaprio come back. And and like uh the people that they leave behind on each level are the ghosts. Yes. Everyone else moves forward and then the ghost of Christmas past does does their thing on one level and then they move yeah. up. And <laughs> they gotta bring the kick in. Oh oh yeah. That that'd be a good film. <laughs> That'd Much be better than that. Re this new reimagining coming to FX that I brought up to you. <laughs> Holy shit, does that look terrible? I honestly, I couldn't bring myself to watch the entire trailer, so I don't even know what's so bad looking about it. If you want to go ahead and explain, I'm I'm down. But <laughs> okay, what is the like we, the mystical part of this? Is kind of like, is it a dream? Is it not? Like it kind of comes out of nowhere just because of the douchebaggery. Kind of like how Groundhog Day does it, where. We don't know why the Groundhog Day just keeps repeating. It just does. 
Where in this one, Scrooge is made completely irredeemable by forcing Bob Cratchit's wife, who is played by a woman of color, to strip in front of him, Salieri-style from Moats, um, Amadeus, and then he, like, treats her like garbage, and she's like, I'ma curse you, because I'm the one woman of color on this, and I have cursing powers. And then she brings oh, man, about the ghost. Oh, she's got that voodoo. It's fucking <laughs> insane and insulting, and I hate it, and Guy Pierce is a terrible choice for Scrooge. I tend to agree. And also cursing and stuff. I mean, I've already I've already explained that I I like it when it's not mystical at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's even stupider than just having them actually be ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> and you've brought up the cheese factor, where I think this rides the line of cheesy and like sincere very well. Okay, I mean, yes, it has a few sincere parts. I feel like the parts that are cheesy are the best parts of this, though. But mm-hmm. I like. Y- even, like, the scary parts, like the link-by-link scene, like, there's guys literally without a head, and they're like, I've never had a heart, and he literally has no heart, and, like, he was mean to the bone, and he was a skeleton creature. Oh, don't give away all the puns. Like, it's great. <laughs> it's goofy, but it also is very spooky. Like, if you're a kid, yeah, that's a little spooky. Yeah, and I mean, what I mean by cheese isn't that it's bad or anything. I just mean that yeah. everyone, everyone is trying very hard, and it's like, they're trying harder than they really need to, and that's what I usually mean by cheese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were once going to do a video essay all about the definition of cheese. I'm still going to do that. And <laughs> everyone, if you if you let me know if you want to do if you want that to happen, I will make that happen. Make tell them tell them kids. I think it would be a great video. I'm gonna make an essay about what makes something cheesy, in my mm-hmm. opinion, and, and why he's not it's talking a, about your food and why it's a good thing. To be cheesy sometimes. This is a sometimes. great thing. Um, can we talk about some of the things that this deviates away from the Dickens and every other version? Absolutely, because that's usually the best part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, for one, they give Scrooge a motivation that makes sense. Yeah, they went in and like changed that. his backstory. I like the backstory in this a lot. Actually, it made you. It makes you kind of feel a little bad for Scrooge because, like, it's not. It's it, It's justifiable why he would become kind of like money hoarding. Mm-hmm. So when he was a kid, his father was arrested and put in prison for years on end because he couldn't pay his debts. And he calls out to Scrooge, like, make your money and keep it. Make your fortune and don't give it to anyone. He's like, I will, father, I will. Which didn't happen in the book. His father was just kind of a rich asshole in the book. But instead they gave Scrooge the what happened to Charles Dickens, where his father was arrested for not paying debts. Which works so much better and gives him an understandable reason why he's so apprehensive to give money away and why he's become this hardened man. And him and his sister are sent to work camps and he works there every day until eventually he becomes the man we see today. And I mean, it makes sense. If you're if you grow up and you don't have any money and that screws your whole family over, I mean, the logical thing would be, well, I'm not going to get that situation. I'm not going to let that happen to anybody else. I'm, I'm going to hoard all my money. Yeah. <laughs> uh and and he probably sees like I was I was really poor and I came and now I have all this money. Why can't all these other people that are begging me for money do the same thing? Exactly. That also makes sense, but I feel like that's also give that gives him too much motivation and they don't really want that. It makes too much sense, so people don't like that. Yeah. I they, I think people just prefer to uh it's it's too relatable and Scrooge is a bad guy and so you don't want it to be relatable because all the dummies in the audience will be like Oh, shoot, what if that's me? (laughs) 
like the girl at Slave Play recently. Oh, uh, whoa, geez, what happened there? Um, there's this Broadway show called Slave Play. Uh, it's about race relations and sexuality. It's a really interesting play um, about interracial relationships. And at a talkback, a girl pushed her way to the front of the line and interrupted um, people to scream out how how dare you portray white people? I did not see myself in this and that white people are all accidentally racist. And he's like, you know, maybe this one for you. If you don't think you're racist, then it might not have been about you. Maybe I hit a chord and then she just started swearing at the writer. Yeah, I mean, it sounds to me like she may have related to it more than everyone else did. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what everyone else is saying. The lady uh, doth protest too much. <laughs> Honestly, people are fucking stupid. <laughs> Is yeah. there anything else you want to say about like the story and the cast and the film itself? Um, honestly, not really. I mean, we already talked about how the cast is pretty much perfect, except for one Kelsey Grammer <laughs> happens to be the lead of the movie, but whatever. Um, and oh, another thing I want to bring up. Oh, sure, sure, sure. What do you got? My favorite thing about this, for me personally, is the very talented Broadway stars in very small roles. <laughs> um, sure, um, like, run it, run me, run it through here. Okay, so I, I probably nephew, didn't recognize any of them. So <laughs> Scrooge's nephew Fred is Julian Ovenden, who has this incredible voice, and he stands out to you more because he has all this pathos coming from him. He's not playing it overly cheery; he's playing it relatable and kind, but also. You're kind of being a dick, and I'm doing this out of obligation, mostly. Um, he just wants his Anki back. <laughs> and honestly, you can feel that because one thing that this does that makes this the musicalization of this really well is they give each character a theme. So when Fred is introduced and when he sings about his Uncle Scrooge, he's pulling out Scrooge's sister's theme that we see later which is tied together at the end when Scrooge sees his mother and sister, which is another through line that we didn't see in any other version of this story, which I really appreciate in this one, is that they really define out his relationship with his sister and mother as his true emotional core, where a lot of people try to relate it on the romance with Belle, which just never works. That, that story's bad. It, it, they just glance over that real quickly in here. Get her in, get her out! Yeah, I mean, that's, that's an important moment for him, but like, that's all it is. <laughs> mm -hmm. Whereas, basically, his sister Fan was his driving force and his one source of happiness in his early childhood. And then she dies and he inadvertently blames Fred and can't help but see his sister's face when he looks at her. It's sad. It's sad. And it's much, much better to focus on that. And also, as a Christmas movie, you'd think the focus would be <laughs> on family, right? <laughs> right. It makes more sense. Mm -hmm. And it just hits you in the gut because you kind of forgot his sister and his mother are important characters until he sees them at the end as he's come to like, yeah, I have been an asshole and I need to be better. And then he sees this little girl who he's rejected the funeral of his mother, her mother for like that. That's another through line that I like altogether, but I didn't bring it up earlier. Um, and then he sees his mother and sister there guiding him into heaven or hell, wherever he's going. And he's like, oh, no, I've. I've come so far and fallen apart so badly, and it hits you right in the gut. Like, it's an emotion you didn't expect to have, because you don't get it in any other version. Yeah, and I feel like, even if the normal, like, what they usually focus on was really good, just having something different from all of these other, like, oversaturated versions is just really nice. But I think this is actually better, as well, as just being different. 
Hey guys, sorry to interrupt you in the middle of the show, but we're here to shill at you! Andrew, do you want to read off our patrons? Of course I do. Our current patrons are Stephanie L., Terry Needleman, Max Lunig, Benjamin Lira, Lily Ackles, Mackenzie Horner, John Donna, Taryn the Duck, Melissa Goldman, Jess Lightning, Ewan Cassidy, Haley McDonald, Teth Skier, Cullen McLeod, Fire September, Sam Bergman, Mina Maniri, Monica Thoreau, Brent Black, Haley Murray, and Allison Wonderland. I tried my best on that. That was a decent read. <laughs> that was great. Um, they give us a little financial support that helps us keep the lights on here, musicals with cheese. Um, we love you all, and if you join our patron, you you get a lot of other shit, so come join us. Alright, you ready to get back to the show? Damn this silly season. Damn all humankind. Makes you lose your reason. Makes you lose your mind. Next thing you know, I'll be dancing in snow, throwing coins to the poor and the lame and the blind. Well, I wish that the whole world would just let me be. Let the whole world be damned. It has nothing to do. I love Scrooge's opening number where he has, it's called Nothing to Do With Me, where basically he runs into everyone and we just highlight all of them. Like, he runs into Cratchit and he tells them why he doesn't really care about his family, why he thinks that, like, yeah, you're robbing me, fuck you, and just moves on to the next guy. Fred, hi, Fred, um, go fuck yourself, you shouldn't have ever gotten married, I hate you. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Um, it's accurate people, though I mean you're accurate <laughs> the people that want to ask him for donations he's like um they should go to prisons cause fuck them bye um who else was there there was a uh... the three ghosts obviously yep and then it builds like and builds until he's like damn the whole world damn everyone I don't want to deal with any of them let them all be damned it has nothing to do with me it really is... accurately describes uh, Scrooge's whole mentality in, in just the title, almost just the nothing to do with me. It's like, a thesis he's like, no. song, basically. Exactly. Like it's not. It's not an I want song. It's I don't want. Do not want. Yeah, I mean the Christmas Carol though. They're really Scrooge doesn't want anything because he's already perfectly content at the beginning. So it's really, hard to call him have... happy, but he's definitely content. Yeah, so you can't really give him, like, a I want this song because he already has everything he wants. Everybody else wants stuff from him. Uh, so he's just like, no, screw all you guys. I'm not helping you. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, fair enough, Scrooge. You don't really have to be such yeah, a it's... dick about it, though. <laughs> but the, the problem, the reason why this works and the other versions tend not to is because we can't get into Scrooge's head, whereas musicals basically ask us to. So we finally understand, like, he just wants to go home and stop talking to him. He's had... And once you consider how many bad things have happened to him on Christmas Day, his best friend Jacob Marley died that day, and in this version we actually get to see that death and how horrible it is. And Jason oh, yeah. Alexander plays it completely straight. Uh, that's honestly another great change that they have where you actually get to really mm -hmm. see how that impacted him. Mm -hmm. um, but his best friend died. His fiance divorced or broke up with him, canceled the engagement. Um, his sister died. Like all this shit happened on Christmas. Christmas sucks when you're a Scrooge. <laughs> you're not a Scrooge for no reason is basically it. I like that Scrooge is like an actual name for people that don't like Christmas now, even though I'm pretty sure it's just from this. <laughs> yeah. 
It's a shorthand. It's like calling him a Grinch. Yep. Uh, Grinch and Scrooge are both the same thing. <laughs> Where's my Scrooge Grinch fan fiction where they finger blast each other? Oh, I'm sure it's on the internet, Jess. You could just look it up. Jim Send Carrey and me. Jim Carrey going at going at it. Finger each other, Jim Carrey. <laughs> Do you remember when Jim Carrey was the was Scrooge? You remember that? Yeah, he was also all the ghosts. That's the one interesting thing that film did was make him also the ghost. Well, I guess that plays into my theory where it's all in his head. Yeah, it it does. But also, <laughs> he becomes a, a tiny. Scrooge and gets a big squeaky voice when the ghost of Christmas yet to be comes. These were coins I hoarded for a rainy day. Now with every jingle I'm disgraced. Locks and keys that helped me keep the poor away. That's what put these locks and keys around my waist. Link by link my chain was getting longer Link by link I should have heard it clink Link by link Each year a little stronger Link by link by horrifying Link Alright, um, let's, let's talk, talk about, about Link by, by link. link Yeah, Link by Link This is a great one A good you dance number You love song <laughs> It's, well Freaking uh, Jason Alexander Jason Alexander So well and then there's like a fun dance number with all the uh, all these other ghosts, ghosts that really aren't explained at all, but they just kind of come out of nowhere uh, to spook him more. Um, <laughs> and it's just it's a blast. It's a really fun song, and it's catchy. It's like like I was doing the dishes link the other day, and I was like, "Link, link by Link," <laughs> and he hams it up in a way of a Shakespearean actor more than a comedian, if that makes sense. He has like the pathos of Kenneth Branagh. It's great. It, absolutely fantastic and this i feel like this song alone is what really hooked me like because like i was going into it and i was like yeah i mean this is whatever it's christmas carol and then then this song happens and you're like oh you know what this is good <laughs> like i keep forgetting that alan Menken, the guy basically in charge of the disney renaissance alongside howard ashman wrote these wrote these pieces of musical theater and they're fantastic yeah i mean everything alan Menken has worked on has been really really good Especially that I, I thing we're going to talk that. about. That thing we're going to talk about with Randy Quaid. Oh my goodness, he just does a great job. <laughs> I, I, eventually we will get to that on our other podcast. Man, I'm just teasing this everywhere I can, even though it's not even a thing. But now it has to be, because just it, we've teased it everywhere. Uh, I don't, I don't want to do it! I don't want to talk about it! It's we're not talking a good about movie! It just. It's great, Jess, okay? Randy Quaid is in it. <laughs> uh, it's got two of your favorite things, Randy Quaid and, and Alan Menken. And Roseanne Barr. Oh. It's your lucky night, brought you something bright, something with a twinkle and a glow. To remember the lights of long ago. Remember the lights of long ago. <laughs> Glimmers in the dark, here and there a spark. Suddenly a picture starts to grow. Come remember the lights of long ago. 
let's talk about the lights of long ago. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so this is the Ghost of Christmas Past song, and I'm gonna bring up a difference between the stage show and this version. Ooh. So, in the stage show, <laughs> this role was played not by a sexy Peter Pan-like lady, um, with long legs like Jane Krakowski, but a little orphan street-lamping boy. It's your lucky night, brought you something bright, something with a twinkle and a glow. To remember the lights of long ago. Remember the lights of long ago. I think it makes more sense that he can't reach the light because he, he, yeah. he's a little boy. <laughs> yeah, so earlier in, in it, uh, Scrooge walks past the lamplighter who is the ghost of Christmas past, and she's like, Why aren't you gonna help me up onto the lamp? I can't reach it. And it's like, why is this grown woman asking an old man to lift her up? <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> but the funniest part is his reaction. It's like, no job for a woman anyway. Fuck off. <laughs> not, not like, what are you, what are you doing asking an old man to lift you? Like, what the hell's wrong with you? No, it's, it's, that's not a job for a woman. Fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, it makes more sense if it's a little boy lamplighter than a woman lamplighter that her husband's got the sack, I think is the exact line. All the guys have the sack, though. <laughs> That's filthy. But <laughs> seeing that song about a little boy about the lights of long ago. Oh, lamplighter, I get it. Fuck you. Fuck you, Lynn Aarons. It's great. I don't know. Um, how but, does a little boy sing it, though? Because I feel like it's. I mean, at least it's in this, much it's. Pretty, yeah, go, it's go ahead. much more. Go ahead upbeat and it's a completely different mood so hers is much more flowy and much more like as if she's flying because eventually they are flying and his is more like a jig like remember the lights of long ago like you can almost kind of imagine him like tap, tap dancing to it and hers is much more like remember the lights of long ago i feel like it works better the way she does it oh yeah probably it's two different versions <laughs> two different feels i can see them both doing something for someone. What do you prefer? I prefer the girl version, but I can't tell if it's actually because it's better or just because I heard it first. You know? I try to Sometimes be objective that about that. Yeah, but I like that song. I think it's really well performed in the film by Jane Krakowski, and she's given such a limited space to work in, and she just owns it altogether. She crawls into bed with Scrooge, which is weird. There is a weird sexual nature to her. Well, it's all in Scrooge's head, though, remember. Yeah, so, he just wants a sexy blonde lady crawling into bed with him. Part of his dream is a wet dream. You know, it's whatever, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> We're so glad to have you here tonight Pour some wine and have yourselves a bite Here's to all who come to pay a Oh, 
Um, let's talk about your favorite song, Mr. Fezziwig's annual Christmas ball. The song's fucking ridiculous. I love it. Okay, I mean, there's not much to say about this song other than that it's, like, super fun and dancey. Um, and Fezziwig is my hero. Fezziwig is the capitalist Andrew strives to be. He throws a ball every year, and it's the most fun ball anyone's ever been to. Even Scrooge is having fun. Like... Even that, old man Scrooge impressive. is having fun. Even old man Scrooge is into it, and old man Scrooge already knows that he's the one who's gonna fuck over Fezziwig in the long term. So, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that edition? I don't think that's ever been an A version where he literally just says "fuck you, Fezziwig," I ain't helping your ass. Yeah, usually Fezziwig just kind of disappears. I think there are some versions where yeah. they say he dies. I don't know, but in the Muppets Christmas Carol, he shows up at the end of the as an old man. And he's Fozzie Wig. Fozzie Wig. Yeah. I, um, sorry, I had to let that one other, sink in. See other podcast. Yeah, we'll we'll do that one some point soon. No, it's coming. Probably. It's coming. Good God, I've not actually watched that in a while. Um, um no, it's but not I love, great. I love Fozzie Wig. I love the dancing, and I love when they go. Um, I don't really want to talk about her song, but I want to take this moment to talk about Jennifer Love Hewitt as. His girlfriend, Belle. She's, like, barely in it. She feels shoehorned in. Like, having her be, like, a major star is, like, even more, like, why are you here? Belle. Oh, no, she's gonna leave me. Go after her, you idiot. (laughs) Go after her. And, like, no, he doesn't. Whatever. He just goes back to furiously masturbating with his money. (laughs) And then Marley dies. Marley, no! This is the worst Christmas ever for Scrooge. Every Christmas has been the worst Christmas ever if you kind of look at his history. I get why you'd hate everyone. I get it. Abundance, charity, so much in store. Old friends and familiarity, good times galore. A twirl, sir, some girl, sir, to make them roar more. Get the spirit, cause you're gonna hear it some Let's talk about Abundance Charity. Uh, this song is a blast. As this song well. is so much fun. It's ridiculous. The ghost of Christmas present comes and he puts on a show for everybody. Yeah, he like it's basically <laughs> the Rockettes, the like Radio City Music Hall like performance, except in the 1800s. And with a dude doing it. it. I mean, he's got like all those like dancing girls and everything too. He does. He has the Rockettes backing him. And they come out of, like, presents, and he's just singing and dancing, and and everyone's watching, including old Scrooge and the little girl that he screwed over earlier. (laughs) Yeah, do you want to explain that plot point? I tried to earlier, but then just couldn't reach my arm around, reach my head Um, around it. A father uh, took out a loan from Scrooge and can't pay it back, and... Because his wife just died, like, on Christmas Eve or something. Yeah, and there's a funeral, and he has to pay the funeral fees, and Scrooge is like... Fuck you! Fuck you! You you have to pay me anyways! (laughs) And uh, the little girl is with him, and and I think the little girl, like, kind of just represents that situation, so. Yeah. But still, he has enough mind to send her to the show? That's ridiculous. See, but the thing is, too, I think it's, that's a really good plot point, because Scrooge is fucking over somebody who he, honestly, he should relate to, but he doesn't care. (laughs) 
That's a good representation of his greed, which is basically all she represents of like those he could say but decides not to. Yep. But she's she enjoying well the show. Metaphor. She's enjoying the show and Scrooge is not and he's sitting right next to her and she keeps looking at him. But in the end he throws her a little little gifty gift. Yes. Um but the song is do you feel it's too goofy in that moment? Like do you think cuz the next song I like a lot is Christmas Together, which is basically the next song. Um and that is also a big, cheery, happy, dancey number. Do you feel like that's almost like a hat on a hat? No, no. So here's the thing. The Ghost of Christmas Present is supposed to be the fun, jolly one. Um, Until he and... reveals he has children in his robe. Yes. And then we realize that's why he's so jolly. Um, he has all, all these all the children time. in his robe. <laughs> get him out! No. Kids, get out of there! Only Scrooge can save them, but he refuses to. No, I, I think two happy songs in a row, especially with the the person playing the Ghost of Christmas Present who is just so, uh, what would, what would you say? Charming? He's just so charming Charismatic. and such a joy to watch. Even, like, I, in when he's just, like, watching, he's so in the scene. Like, he is, he loves being this role. Yeah, so I just, I maybe it's not good from, like, a writing perspective, but as a viewer, I don't give a shit. I think it's awesome. I think it's I think it's a lot of fun too, but I love Christmas together. I love that song so much. But we're not going to talk about it cuz really we it, it, it's a hat on a hat. So let's move on to the sad part. Dancing on Your Grave, which is basically a march of the funeral march. Well, it's a march of the grave diggers that are just like, here is the remains of a man that nobody cared and listen to the footsteps of the people that are dancing on your grave because you didn't give a shit about them while you were alive. And people selling his like clothes and taking materials. the bed sheets off of his bed while he's, his corpse is still laying in it. <laughs> like his naked corpse, and yet you see him as Kelsey Grammer as the naked corpse, and Scrooge is like, who is this man that they're talking about? <laughs> Your corpse hey, is right shit. there, motherfucker! Th- they didn't invent mirrors until 1850, so people didn't really? know what they looked like. Yeah, people didn't know what they looked like back then. Huh. Mm, well, that's that's fun. That's funky. Then how Today did you know I that learned. those were younger Scrooges? Um, because the ghost told him. Yeah, and this ghost doesn't <laughs> talk. Makes sense. Checks out. It, makes, it checks out. <laughs> but this is basically dark reprise of every single motif up to this point. All building up to the ghost eventually showing Scrooge that eventually he's gonna die. 
What? I'm what? 87. I thought I would never die. No, he dies. And but he. I think the the real revelation is that everyone's gonna hate him. I see a future full of beauty, and my spirit starts to fly. I can change the world. Yes, it's my duty. God forgive me. Let me try. I'll spend my fortune on the ones who need me. Go where kindness and my conscience lead me. Give my heart and soul to all. God speed me on my way. And to God I pray. Let the Christmas spirit live within me. Yesterday, tomorrow, and today. <laughs> Let's talk about Scrooge's final number, Yesterday, Tomorrow, and Today, which I think is great, and the closest that Kelsey Grammer comes to performing in the entire show. <laughs> the closest he comes to performing, <laughs> as if he's not performing the rest of it. <laughs> I, Which he's he's not. there, definitely. He's physically oh, he's in that room, yes. He is physically present, but he is not performing. <laughs> he definitely is not performing. No, but I think this, this song one song is they great. somehow like maybe everybody on set bought him like a sandwich or something, and then he was like, Okay, I'll give a <laughs> shit for one song. Uh, <laughs> but it it really is effective where he's he's not a good singer. I don't know why Kelsey Grammer insists on singing so much when he isn't good at it. Because he wants to be good at it and he wants to be seen as good at it. So if he's seen doing it, people will assume that he's good at it. Like you have you ever seen an episode of Frasier? I actually haven't. Not all the way through. But every episode ends with him singing the same song, which is like toss salads and scrambled eggs. Like, it makes no fucking sense why that song is there. And I'm just hearing it every time, like, he's not a good singer. Why are you letting him do this? Everybody on set bought him a sandwich, and he promised he'd try. <laughs> he tried. And here, <laughs> like, him being sad, not because he's gonna die, but because, like, I ruined my entire life up to this point, and then staring in the eyes of his long-dead sister and mother, looking at him remorsefully like, how have you fucked up? And the representation of that little girl whose mother died that he wouldn't help. Uh, they're guilting him and singing the reprise of his sister's theme. It's all coming together at once, Andrew, and it's so good! Mm, 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 magnifica! <laughs> that, it's probably just because he couldn't even avoid how well-written and structured this musical is. He had, he had to appreciate it for five seconds. And five thank seconds for one take! <laughs> Thank, thank God goodness the, he did. <laughs> thank God the cameraman was in focus for that one take, because he wasn't doing it again. Oh, and good thing they kept the script out of shot. <laughs> <laughs> thank God the boom didn't dip in. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> I think that's the last song worth talking about. Everything else from here is a reprise. Yeah, but gosh, gosh. Um, that final scene where he's like running around the town and gives the goose to Bob Cratchit, like... I like that they actually show him, that, like, giving... He calls the little boy, he pulls a little boy in off the street, kidnaps him, pulls him into his house, and then gives him money and tells him to buy, buy a turkey. Or a chicken. Buy the I forget what he giant buys. goose, the goose as big as me. And he yes. takes it physically to Bob Cratchit, and he does, like, I am, I'm angry, fake angry thing that he always does in every version. I'm fake and angry. He, 
and he gives him the turkey <laughs> because it always bothered me in every other version when he just has the turkey delivered to Bob Cratchit and then Bob Cratchit gets that turkey and he's like, okay, I guess I'm going to try to cook this with like the tiny fire and then within the next few weeks they all die of like food poisoning because they ate undercooked goose. And then Tiny Tim dies because he doesn't have anyone left to feed him. And that's that's the true, true guilt of Scrooge. Like, the ghost made him such a good man that he killed an entire family. It's not true, though, because in this version, he they all go to Fred's house. And they have yes, a big and Fred, feast. And when Fred lays eyes on his uncle, finally showing up for the Christmas that he's invited to him every year, he brings out the same melody of his sis, or Scrooge's sister's melody, his mother's melody, and sings it one more time, and my heart just melts. It melts, Andrew. We know, Jess, you love this version. Now, I've heard some things, I've heard some rumors that people don't like this version of it. Yes, most people don't like this. Probably mostly because of Kelsey Grammer. Give it another Christmas try. Feature. Give, Give it, it another a try, with a guys. more open mind. You guys are just wanting to be mean about everything. Why is know, everyone you, so cynical You guys cynical are all so cynical out there. Like, Christ, God. we love every we love everything we watch. People show Didn't us things we always go We loved it. We always go in open-minded, and we always come out loving it. <laughs> the whole thing was great. I loved it. Like, you guys gotta stop being so cynical, and just enjoy stop. Christmas for lunch. Can't you guys stop drinking the Haterade? <laughs> if you haven't seen this version, though, and, I mean, you're okay with the, uh, the lead not giving a fuck, which I'm fine with, because I don't give a fuck either. I mean, check it out, it's alright. <laughs> Yep. Um, all right, Andrew, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap this on up? Uh, I'll, let me give my thoughts. Uh, yeah, let's see. And your cheese rating. Don't forget that. That's important. Yeah, let's see. Uh, I mean, this is an, an incredibly cheesy romp. Uh, there's some fun stuff for people that like uh, actors that don't give a fuck. So if you if you love watching someone not care on screen, I mean, that's this is all for it. But if you also like watching everyone else care while the one actor doesn't care, it's perfect, perfect. Also, I mean, it's a pretty good telling of the Christmas Carol story, which has been really overtold, and they change a lot of stuff, which makes it a lot better. And the songs are all fantastic. So, I mean, in, in all actuality, that's why you should watch this. Um, and as far as the cheese rating, I'm going to give it a, a straight Parmesan, Christmas Parmesan. That, magnifique. Jess, what do you think? I love this this show. This is my go-to version of this, and everyone has their go-to version of it. It is not Muppets. my first one either, so let me let me clarify. This is not my the first version I ever saw. I saw Scrooge, I saw the Muppets, but this is the one that really stuck with me as like, I, I really think this is the most effective one, and it hits me right in the feels more often than any other version. Um, So, I love it. I really, really love it. Um, and I feel like a lot of people are harsh on this one just because it does have a TV budget and it doesn't quite play it as subtle as a lot of other versions do. But who the fuck said that subtlety was any fun? Stop being, stop, stop being fucking snobs. We're anti-snobbery here. We're anti-pretension here. We're just here to have some fun and enjoy musicals. Therefore, I am giving it three, <laughs> three loaves of ghost cheese. Because we will be visited by three chefs? ghost cheese. I really are don't like, think so. Are we like reverse I don't think snobs so. where everything that snobs like we hate and we always just riff on it? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Are we un? Are we snob? Like, are we snobs, but only for things that snobs don't usually like? I mean, what do you think snobs like? 
I don't know, Jess. What are music theater snobs like? Um, they I liked mean, Rent when it came out, I guess. Did they? I feel like Rent was like a teenager thing. I mean, it was, but it got good reviews. Hmm. But we also didn't like, like, Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, a lot of people do like Jekyll and Hyde, too. Okay. I don't think we're snobs, but I don't know if we're not snobs, so... Uh, hey, tell it. us if we're not snobs. Leave it in the comments, kids. Put it in the comments if we're snobs. Uh, and if we are snobs, we will change our ways for sure, but not really. Fuck we will be visited by the three, the ghost of snobbery past and the ghost of snobbery <laughs> future. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, Andrew. Um, go yes? to sleep. Okay, I'm going to sleep. Okay, okay. Boo, I, I am your best friend, Jess. I, oh, I my am goodness. come and I've got chains. Oh, God. I was too snobby. And How do we make I, the chains? To... Do we add the same chain sound effects in post? Cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the ghost of snobbery past. And if okay. you don't change your ways, you will wear the Fair. snob chain. Okay, okay, three ghosts, three ghosts. Okay, bye. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're not going to sing a song? No. I'm not going to listen to anything you say if Boo, you're not singing I'm the song. ghost of snobbery past. <laughs> Andrew, we're going to take a look at your Annie review from 2013. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, didn't like, you didn't like that movie, did you? I didn't even watch that movie, Jess. You, you you said that you hated orphans. Well, well, did you think that orphans might enjoy this film, Andrew? No, you well, didn't. I mean, it, was, oh! it was it was extremely ironic. I mean, it wasn't a serious review. It was not a real take. I'm I mean, showing I, you I didn't the, watch the movie. The, I'm showing you the lights of what might have been, that what have been. You can't change them. Don't blame me. Goodbye. Oh no. Hello, okay, but... I'm the ghost of snobbery present. Hello, hello. Let Hi, let me show you, you this. Um, yeah, you didn't like Bear, did you? Yeah, you just talked about Bear and you didn't like that because you're- Jess, you didn't, you didn't you like think Bear you're either. above it. You're- I am not Jess, I am the ghost of snobbery present, so how would you're you- in, You're using Jess's voice and we're on a voice call and it says your name there still. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> nope, you didn't like Bear, so you're a snob. Okay, goodbye! Oh my goodness, I'm the ghost of like... snobbery future, here I am. Oh, oh. Hi, how are you? Oh. You're gonna die yes. one day. There's your tombstone. Oh, ain't nobody gonna I mean, care. <laughs> they could have bought a nicer tombstone, but you got like one of those flat ones that basically, if the grass overgrows, you don't see it anymore. I want one of the ones that has like a weeping angel on it. Too goddamn bad. You're like one of the. You're at level with the ground. So goodbye. Good luck. Oh, uh, fuck. That sucks. Oh, yeah. You know what else sucks? Not giving What's credit that? to our wonderful fans. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening to Was our I show. Was I supposed to learn Please. something there? Follow <laughs> <laughs> Please follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, at Musicals with Cheese. Our Twitter is at Cheesy Musicals. Our Patreon is also Musicals with Cheese. Our Instagram is also Musicals with Cheese. Our YouTube page is also Musicals with Cheese. Our email is musicaltheaterlives at gmail.com. We have a second podcast? What? Two it's called podcasts? Disney Plus. Gee, Billy, your mom lets you have two podcasts? Damn, son, where'd you find this? Yeah, <laughs> but we have a second podcast, Disney Plus Cheese. We review shit on Disney Plus. Go check it out. It's great. Our title card for both shows out. was created for by, by Jolene Casco. Um, her for Instagram is at Jolene us. Casco. <laughs> yes, for <laughs> us. Andrew, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap this shit on up? Um, check out this version of The Christmas Carol, because I, I always loved this version since I watched it a few days ago. 
Here's for Five. the lad who makes everyone glad that it's Christmas together. God bless us, everyone! <laughs> that was Kelsey Grammer <laughs> doing his best laugh. Ha 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 God bless us, everyone. All right, we'll see you next time on Musicals with Cheese. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.